Hello, everyone, and welcome to 180 Mentoring. My name is Terry Krebs, and I'm the host of 180 Mentoring, where I'll be discussing information you can use in day-to-day leadership situations. I'll provide you information in a way that you'll be able to listen to it, use it, and apply it so you can move on to your next leadership success. All leadership examples and solutions are based upon actual events and situations that I've encountered in my 30 years of leading and mentoring. You can find me at 180mentoring.com and 180mentoring at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 180 Mentoring. Thanks for all the positive feedback about the podcast up to this point. And I'm happy to be able to share some stories with you because that's what I've been told makes people understand the stories that I'm trying to tell them. So I have a, I have a story to tell you. So today... It was time for me to do a couple things around the house, something I've been putting off, but they've been staring at me in the garage for the last two weeks, installing toilets. We're going from the world of two-piece toilets to the magical world of a one-piece commode. Amazing. They are sleek. They are smooth. They have this cartridge filter system so there's no more like holding the handle down for a minute to make sure all the water gets in and out it's just like push the button actually that's a lever hit the lever gallon and a half or whatever it is you know low amount of water does its job fills itself back up works great the seat has these little silicone stoppers so that it doesn't move around smaller takes up less room and uh, really, when you're all done, it looks really good. It's got an elongated bowl. Like it's just, I guess, makes me happy because it's an upgrade, right? And it works better and helps the environment. So anyway, I'm putting these toilets in. And of course, when you do any job, I don't know if any of you that listen have ever worked on cars, but cars generally have at least two of everything. You know, like if you're working on, you know, like an exhaust manifold, there's, you know, multiple bolts that are all about the same. And when there's more than one, If the first one or two go well, you know for sure that something bad is getting ready to happen because one of the ones that are left over, guaranteed, something is not going to work with them. They're going to get stuck. You're going to break something off and you are just going to have to drop down to your knees and just throw your tools in a big fire, do the offering because it's just, it's going to happen. Um, I've been around a long time, and unless something is brand new, sure enough, first one goes great, the second one is going to get you. So guess what happened today? Had two toilets to install, doing the work. First one, you know, generally pretty good. You know, you're kind of learning as you go. When you haven't done one for a while, you're like, okay, I got to do this, I got to do this. When I do the next one, I'll do better. So everything goes pretty good. Get it installed, hook up the water. Everything is great. Works like it should. I just have to put the uh, sealant around the bottom, you know, and I wait a couple days for everything to kind of settle before I put that in. And then I take on toilet number two. Toilet number two. And guess what? 
the person who installed that toilet, it was not me, when they sealed the bottom of it, you're supposed to use kind of a silicone-based sealant. So there's other stuff, caulking that you know you can use, but there's some of that stuff that's an adhesive that looks just like the sealant. And if you don't know any better, when you look at it for several years, you'll have no idea whether that's the correct stuff or the super glue industrial-based stuff that's stuck to the bottom. So I'm looking at it. Everything looks good. I take the seat off. I take the top off. I drain all the water. I soak up some of the water with towels so there's no water inside the toilet. Disconnect the little um, water, you know, the uh, stainless steel hose. Pull that thing down. Drain the water out. Suck that up with the towel. Everything is going good. And the next step is, you know, you take the, the two bolts off of, or the two nuts off of the bolts that hold it down, one on each side. Pop the caps off, screw those things off. Everything's going good. I pull that. And then the final step is you kind of lean against one side of the toilet and it will release itself from that sealant. And then underneath the toilet, there's a big wax ring. It's always a mess. And, um, you know, you deal with that later. So, of course, I get everything done. I put the lean on the toilet. Doesn't move. I'm like, well, you know, it's been here for a while. Let me, let me give it another shot. So then I lean on it again. And of course, you know, I told you it's a two-piece toilet. So the back is connected to the bottom with two really weak points. So of course I lean on that a little too much. And what happens? Crack. That thing cracks a little. Then I'm like, oh, I got to be careful. So then I start leaning on the toilet a little more. And then I realize this thing is not moving. So then I pull out my big box cutter out of my tools because I usually cut open the boxes for the new toilets. And I go down to cut what I thought was the silicone-based sealant around the bottom. And guess what? It's the super industrial, never going to come off of there, glue down your house in a tornado, glue-based caulking. And there's a lot of it. So I try to cut this stuff. It's impossible to cut. I have to go get a chisel. I start chiseling underneath and then I got to go get like all my screwdrivers as I chisel a little hole to wedge the toilet up to get everything. So finally, I think this baby's going to move. So I put the lean on it, get it going. It's going crack whole toilet cracks in half. Big, big mess. And well, you know, I got it out and it's just, it never fails. This, you know, the one hour job turns into three hours and it, you just like, I can't believe it. And you're probably wondering, how does this connect to leadership? And, and why am I talking about it on 180 Mentoring? Because it leads me to a good lesson or something that it made me think about. That when you're doing work and you know that the work you're doing, no one is ever going to know whether you do it right or wrong until, you know, maybe 10 years later when you're long gone, when everything is passed on and you've moved on or retired. And you decide that you are going to do that work in a way that it is going to cause agony and distress to the next person. And you go ahead and you do it that way anyway. That's a problem. It's also a problem when you are faced with a tough call or something tough is going on in your life and you decide because you're all worked up because, you know, I was angry like I was like I was frustrated and angry with this toilet. And 
I decided, you know what I need to do? I need to back off and just let myself cool down. Because I don't want to make any further decisions that's going to cause me to have to do more work or fix something in the future. You know, it's like when people get frustrated, like they, if they break something, like I never understood that because they're going to have to go and buy that again. Like I'd be more angry about having to go buy it again than, than having broken it in the first place. Like you're at the store, like, hey, were you just here about a month ago buying that? You're like, yeah, what happened? I broke it. Like an accident? No, on purpose. They're like, oh, like, why would you do that? The same thing when you have like a tough thing that happens in your life and you decide like, hey, I'm all emotional, I'm all worked up. And you decide that you're going to start making decisions that are going to impact you in a permanent kind of way. And what I mean by that is like, let's say that you're, you're frustrated, something happens at work, you're having a tough day. You decide that you are going to just talk to someone to try to help you solve this problem that really maybe shouldn't be in the loop. And then you do that. And then you realize a couple of days later that, you know, this big problem that I thought was a big problem, it's kind of working itself out. But now I kind of engage somebody I shouldn't have at a level. And I maybe said some things I shouldn't have. And now am I going to be able to go back and revisit that situation and be treated the same way that I would have been if I would have just given myself a little bit of time to cool off? Well, by people that know you, yes, they're going to know how it is that you function and how you operate. But sometimes other people will get involved in the process who don't know you, and they're going to judge you based on that initial impression from this initial situation that they've seen how you act and react to a situation. And it's the same thing, you know, with the work that I talked about earlier. Like when you do things, are you thinking about the impact that that work is going to have on you or your team or the next person down the road three or four years? Are you doing it in a way that you know, I'm just doing the minimum to get by because I won't be around in five years and I won't have to deal with the problem and it's saving me some time right now? I mean, these are stories that we've all heard in our homes. I mean, we had an addition put on or had part of our basement finished. And I don't know enough about the electrical code and wiring to really take on that project. I mean, I can wire in a box and, you know, do those kind of things. But, you know, pulling wire and setting it up right, like I don't know anything about that. So anyway, I had a problem with the light switch. It started doing some weird stuff. When I popped off the switch and I pulled all the wiring out, Whoever had put that in, I mean, they didn't even put any covering on the bare wire. There was exposed wires inside of that wall that had electricity running through it. And if anything would have got in between those two and grounded itself out, that would have caused a potentially dangerous situation. Now, I'm sure whoever put this in, well, I mean, I guess I'm not sure because I wasn't there and I wasn't able to talk to that person. But the story that I'm telling myself is that like, hey, this person installs lots of these. They know that generally there's not going to be a problem within the first few years. They're going to be long gone. No one's going to know where they are, what they do, how to get a hold of them. So if there's a problem, no one's able or going to be able to tie it back to them. And that has always frustrated me. Whenever I worked on things like cars, I would always pull the wires out of the back of places that I knew no one could see. And I would tighten those things up just as good as the wires that were visible because I knew that was a representation of my work and, and I would know that I didn't do the job correctly. And that is the kind of 
self, I don't know, integrity that you need to have when you're doing work, know that the things that you do and the work that you produce is a direct representation of you as a professional. Additionally, it's a direct representation of those people who lead and mentor you. Because if there's a big problem, they're going to talk with you and they're going to talk with whoever your supervisor is to figure out like, why did they get away with doing this? How did this happen? And that really is a situation that you never want to put yourself in. Because I can tell you that sometimes with people that I've been around who have done work that they figured would never, ever pop back up again before they would leave someplace, sometimes that work does pop up. Sometimes those things do revive themselves. And when they do, and you have to go and you start to have to ask questions of the people who are involved about why they did or why they didn't do something, that's when it becomes a real problem. And that's when people who do these things get found out. It's always some crisis situation. It's always when something big or terrible has happened. People start digging deep and they're like, wait a minute, why, why did you do it this way like three years ago that caused this to happen and this to happen and this to happen that we're dealing with now? And the answer never is a good one. There's always some questioning that goes on in that. So what can you do as a leader to create an environment where people want to do the work that no one is going to see very well? Goes back to basics. Treat people well. Create an environment where people feel valued. Continue the process of teaching them about professionalism and growing as a pro and as an individual. And teach them that the measure of the person is the work that no one sees them do. And that's kind of the wrap-up for this whole thing. Just like I said in a previous podcast when you're dealing in crisis situations, people are going to judge you during crisis situations. People are also going to judge you by the work that you do that you know no one is going to see. So when they go back and they take a look at things and something bad happens and they pull a file out from, you know, 15 years ago and your name is on it and this thing had been buried forever and they pop it up and they're like, hey, this was great work. And you probably knew at the time that no one was most likely never going to see this. But this is as good as anything you've ever done during that time period. Because there's lots of things that you're going to have to deal with as a leader that are going to take a lot of effort that no one is ever going to see. And you have to make sure that you take the time to do those things correctly. Because if you don't, people are going to figure out that it's just a facade, that you only care about the things that you know other people are going to see. When you start caring about everything, And the little things, people will notice that and they will start to take care of the little things also. These are the things that make an average workplace a great workplace. These are the things that make a workplace that no one knows about, makes that workplace the go-to place for problems, for solutions, for the crisis actions for troubleshooting, and for help. 
Because people will know that as a leader, you make sure that people do everything at a level that they can be proud of. That wraps up today's podcast. Thanks for listening and providing input to today's topic. You can reach out to me at 180mentoring.com and 180mentoring at gmail.com. I'm Terry Krebs, and I'm the host of 180 Mentoring. I'll look forward to talking with you soon.